Where do you even begin? How do you encapsulate a night like tonight? The short of it is this. The Cleveland Cavaliers have snapped the five-game losing streak. They are now on a one-game winning streak. Owners of a 5-1 and one record at home, three home games lie ahead. A chance for the Cavaliers to continue the positive momentum. But what we saw tonight felt like three games in one. You had a dominant early part of the game from the Cavs. You had a massive near collapse in the fourth quarter and then two thrilling overtime stanzas in which the Cavaliers outlasted an exhausted, depleted Charlotte Hornets team to come out on the right side of the win column. This is the Fear the Fro podcast. Thank you to everyone who has chosen to listen. Let's do this. Bring the house down. Three on the way. Good. Garland spins down the lane and laid it in. This crowd has erupted. Welcome to Fear the Fro, a podcast covering the Cleveland Cavaliers and the NBA with the voice of Fox Sports Radio. Figure out a way to stop it. Listen and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. Here it is, my favorite show. And now, your host. His name is Bob Schmidt. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've been wondering what the best way that I should go through everything that transpired tonight is because there are goods and there are bads. And then I thought back to early in my career. I was a angsty, early 20-something-year-old dickhead who thought that he was God's gift to radio and that I'd be the next Howard Stern and that I should be provocative and take chance. I was a real edgelord, but I, I was a real piece of shit too. So every once in a while, I would get pulled aside and I'd have to be reprimanded or... Uh, directed in a way that I would channel whatever ambitions I had into a more constructive use of time. So my manager explained to me the concept back then of the Oreo cookie of criticism. And I'm sure you're all familiar with it. It's a very simple concept. When somebody needs to deliver negative feedback to you, what they do is they proceed it with a compliment. They hit you with the constructive criticism and then they finish it off with a compliment so that hopefully As you leave the exchange, you're more likely to receive the criticism and not just say, ah, fuck that guy. So over time, of course, as you get older, you learn to tune out the chocolatey wafer part and just hear the cream in the middle. And it just is one negative thing after another because you're an embittered corporate cuck and it's cream, 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 fired, then you die. But anyway, let's keep this on a positive tip. I'm going to start with some positives here. The first one happened before the game even began, and it was the return of this podcast's namesake, The Fro. Back in the lineup after missing two games and a noticeable void on the defensive end. And it was pointed out in the pregame, they mentioned the statistics. The Cavaliers without Jared Allen, just 9-19. and During the five-game losing streak, 30th in defensive rating for that span. They were second in the league before that happened. So to get the big man back in the fold could not have come at a better time and it could not have come at a worse time for the doormat that is Mason Plumlee. Now, this is a guy who's been on the wrong end of Jared Allen far too many times. Last season, Jared Allen averaged nearly 21 points and 13 rebounds against the Hornets and he had some monster games, 29 and 22 back in February and a year ago in November, 24 points. 16 rebounds, three blocks. So he picked up right where he left off. When things all ended, after the second overtime period, Jared Allen came away with the W, 20 points, 12 rebounds, and four blocks. Not to mention one gigantic dunk 
over top of Mason Plumley, in which he got up and readjusted the fro, puffed up his hair a little bit, and celebrated. Try and try as he may, Mason Plumley can just not do anything with Jared Allen, leaving the floor with just two points, five rebounds, and 0 for 4 from the floor. He was vastly outplayed by his backup, Nick Richards, who contributed an admirable 13 points, 14 rebounds, six of which were offensive. So Mason Plumley may find himself on the short end of the playing time stick the next time these Cavaliers and Hornets face off. So Jared Allen, that is the first positive. The second positive is his front court running mate, Evan Mobley, who had a monster night tonight, perhaps his most complete game of the season, as he was impactful all over the floor, including an alley-oop in overtime, which was the only bucket to break up the absolute scoring onslaught of Darius Garland, who went 4-for-4 four four from the floor, chipped in 10 points, but took a brief pause just to lob up an absolute dime, which Mobley then flushed. So the final line of the night, 21 points, 18 rebounds, another five offensive rebounds. And this is the crazy part. For as difficult a time as the Cavs have had during this last five-game losing streak and then coming into tonight. Over the last six games, Evan Mobley has contributed 25 offensive rebounds. He has ramped up his production on the glass in a way that has been so impressive that we've seen his averages jump right back to where they were for the course of the whole season, despite the slow start. He has made up massive ground in terms of closing the gap on the falloff we had seen in his per-game rebounding. And tonight, He had an absolutely unbelievable, essentially, catch of a block where he two-hand grabbed a layup attempt by Terry Rozier and just plucked it out of the air and then had the wherewithal to save it before falling out of bounds to Darius Garland. And you don't hear a peep out of those Houston Rocket fanboys talking about Shen Goon when Evan Mobley picked up Terry Rozier 30 feet from the hoop and locked him up to prevent them from winning at the end of that first overtime. Forced to miss, which gave the Cavs the chance to just put it away in the second overtime. Those are the types of things that don't even translate to numbers. But if you just want sheer, raw analytics, Evan Mobley has jumped his true shooting percentage nearly 7%. And even during the five-game losing streak, we've seen over the last six games, Evan Mobley's averaging 18 points and 11 rebounds and nearly three assists. It's only going to get better from here. Okay, we've got two positives. We got another two positives on the other side of this cookie. But let's get into that disgusting cream. And that would be the points off turnovers. The Hornets outscored the Cavs on points off turnovers 33-10 to and 19-2 to in transition points. Those two things, along with 17 offensive rebounds, which is heinous, really made it difficult for the Cavs to slam the door on this Hornets team tonight. And a fourth quarter in which they led by 16 and then led a 15-2 runoff from the Charlotte Hornets, which essentially tied the game up at 105 at the end of regulation, sent it to overtime. Now, you can't be upset about how this ended, but it shouldn't have been that close to begin with. You got otherworldly performances out of that quartet. 75 points between Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland. 40 points and 30 rebounds from Evan Mobley and Jared Allen with six blocks between the two of them. Those numbers alone should manifest a win. But if there was a negative, you only got 16 points out of every other player on the roster. Kevin Love is struggling. Karis LeVert 
has fallen off a cliff offensive production-wise. And tonight, we saw a shift in the starting lineup where he came off of the bench. Still played 30 minutes, but Lamar Stevens got the start. And the two of them had a very difficult night, just a combined two for 13 from the floor. So four points from Levert and three from Stevens is not going to get it done. Stevens did make his bucket at a very timely moment as he drove across the lane in overtime and hit a jumper. Not an easy look. I was uh, exceptionally pleased at the timing of the whole thing, but zero points from Osman. You got one three from Isaac Okoro. Kevin Love didn't give you much of anything, six points. And Levert and Stevens struggled. Stevens was fairly good on defense, um, but certainly you can't draw any conclusions from this small forward situation after tonight because the hope was that Stevens would thrive along these guys in the starting lineup and Levert would be able to up his production coming in in a role where he didn't have to share as much floor time with Mitchell and Garland. You did not see that tonight. If anything, you saw Levert struggle and you saw Stevens' contributions diminished from previous nights. So at least based on this first game, this is headed in the wrong direction. But it almost doesn't matter when you get a night like you got tonight out of Evan Mobley, Jared Allen, Donovan Mitchell, and Darius Garland. And a a credit to the Hornets for fighting and scrapping, but this is a team that is just outmanned. No LaMelo ball. No Miles Bridges. Rozier didn't shoot particularly well. They got two guys fouling out in Oubre and Plumlee. And Plumlee, he can't do anything with our starters. We should have won this game running away. But a win is a win, and I'll take it any way you can get it. Now, let's get to the other positives of the night. That would be Darius Garland. He definitely deserves a section all to his own because the overtime performance from Darius Garland was absolutely unbelievable. Entering the first overtime, knotted up at 115, and Darius Garland did not miss. 10 of the 15 points came from him, and he got everywhere and anywhere he wanted on the floor. And it was truly impressive seeing this wasn't even a game. We've seen plenty of shootouts where we're just bombing away. We've had games where we shot 50 times from three-point land, and tonight didn't even take 30 outside looks. We didn't really need to because Darius Garland, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen, nothing clogs up the lane when you have a guy like Darius Garland who can force people to have to come towards him because he will feast in the mid-range. He is so efficient there, and you can tell he's getting back into his groove after that eye injury and coming back into the lineup. Just look at his numbers since they returned home against the Timberwolves. He is averaging 38 points, 7 assists, and 3 steals. And the splits are insane. 52% from the floor, 56% from 3. Now the turnovers, woof, 8 tonight. But only 3 in the previous 2 games combined. Only 2 in that 51-point effort, and only 1 in the loss to the Bucks. And the true shooting percentage, he's nearly 66% in these last 3 games. So he is on a heater as he and Donovan Mitchell figure out how to alternate attacking. A complete two-headed monster that chipped in 75 points in this double overtime victory. This is going to be a pick-your-poison team. You cannot stop everything. If we're fully healthy, it's, well, do we focus on Evan Mobley? Do we pay attention to Jared Allen? Do we close out on Darius Garland? God forbid Mitchell or Kevin Love or Dean Wade or Karis LeVert are banging in threes. Because then it really will be cavalanche after cavalanche. So the offense, there's still things to work out. We got to get more ancillary contributions. 
But again, Mitchell, an excellent evening, got to the line again and again, went 10 of 11. That's big. Finished with 34 points, six assists. A lot of positive to come out of this game. Yes, a frustrating amount of turnovers, 14 between Darius Garland and Donovan Mitchell. That has to be reined in. This was just one of those times where we were lucky enough to escape those mistakes because of the elite level of offensive contributions we got from all of the main pieces and the generally woeful shooting you got out of the the Charlotte Hornets. So another loss from them, which perhaps is a good thing because they probably are getting close to that point where they're going to have to decide, should we just pack it in and trade away some of these contributors like Gordon Hayward and Terry Rozier, who could help people win in the right situations, but the East is far too deep for them to be able to lead this shell of a team in Charlotte much of anywhere. And next up for the Cleveland Cavaliers is a team in the Miami Heat who are not performing up to their level of expectations, despite Jimmy Butler having an excellent season so far. They're trying to figure out what they're going to do in terms of, are they in the running for a Jay Crowder trade? Do they move a Duncan Robinson or a Struess knowing that Struess is due to be paid and he might be somebody who can actually help recoup someone for them? In any case, the Cavaliers sit at a tie for third in the Eastern Conference with the Atlanta Hawks, a team on the schedule in the short-term future here. But first, they have to take on the Miami Heat, who will be looking to climb above the Brooklyn Nets in the standings, both teams sitting at 7-9 and nine on the outside of the play-in picture at 10th and 11th in the Eastern Conference, as it currently sits. Obviously, this can all change before tip-off against the Miami Heat, but an absolutely thrilling game for this Cleveland Cavalier team is now five and one at home and hopefully that goes to six and one against the miami heat if you like the podcast please subscribe please rate it thank you this has been fear the fro and we will be back with a recap of the heat this weekend on the fear the fro podcast this has been fear the fro if you like the show subscribe and rate wherever you listen our guy bob schmidt always gets a reaction out of it join us next time for more Cavs and nba coverage